Hello. Good afternoon, Michael Wynn, Chief Digital Officer of Digital Ops, a division of RB Oppenheim Associates. Thanks for joining in today on the Digital Marketing Podcast and video where we talk about strategies and tactics to help grow your business. Today is going to be part two of a three-part series where we talk about the social web effect of 2020 and gleaning insight from the Russian Facebook ad uh, scandal of 2016, if you want to call it a scandal. Yesterday, we kind of recap, or I want to recap for those of you who may have missed uh, yesterday's episode, you know, the the in, uh, House Intelligence Committee re- released a report uh, a little over a year ago in 2018 uh, about the Russian involvement of, of the ad campaign through uh, essentially an agency that was known as the IRA, which stands for Internet Research Agency. And the, the information that's been disclosed and reported was that this agency purchased a little over 3,500 Facebook ads during the time period of 2015 to 2017. Um, And and this particular uh, business entity that essentially was an arm of the Kremlin or of Russia itself, um, set up and ran over 470 Facebook pages, along with over 80,000 organic Facebook post with the number one objective to sow discord amongst the uh, amongst Americans, and and this was the quote to sow discord in the U.S. in the U.S. by inflaming passion on a range of divisive issues. So they had an objective, very much like your business has an objective to help grow your business. So the whole point of, of what we're talking about in this two in this three-part series is really dissecting what Russia did and, and looking at it from a playbook standpoint and evaluating what could be done in a transparent and authentic method uh, rather than in a divisive, um, you know, I mean, their goal was to disrupt and create divide within Americans. But what they did uh, is very interesting. And so we're, we're going to dissect that. And so today I'm going to break down four things that um, in, in reviewing and analyzing this uh, over nine, nearly nine gigabytes of images, data, uh, you know, we had actually, and you can go see this, we've got the link on our blog, you'll see when we post this later on today. Um, as well as the episode from yesterday, you'll see the links uh, that you can use as a resource to go back and look at the same information that that I'm reporting on and and that I am am doing the research and analysis on. Um, but the point of why we're doing this really goes back to, you know, understanding and gleaning insight from what they did because the fact of the matter is they did some stuff that was really smart. Now they also did some things that were very underhanded. They did some things that were very uh, divisive in our country, which, you know, is terrible. And, and you know, that is not the kind of behavior that, that I'm condoning or that our company condones. But what we are looking at is just evaluating the strategy. And is there anything that we could learn about that um, to help us be better educated on how Facebook advertising works, how digital marketing works? 
how we as a society interact with content on social media and on the website. And then through that understanding and insight, how can we create content to create good relations with people we'd like to do business with or continue to build relationships with people who are already our existing customers? All right, so let's dive right into it. Number one is know your audience, know their passions. Um, you know, again, that is what the Russians really teed off on. They understood that, you know, the things that were important were the things that the candidates were, were talking about, you know, their platforms, whether it was gun control, immigration, taxes, healthcare, right? This, just like the big picture things that were, you know, important, um, and, and so what they did was they, they understood that they, they really reverse engineered. And, you know, when it says that they wanted to, um, inflaming the passions, uh, in a range of divisive issues, when, when we're talking about the word, the, the words inflaming passion, what we're really talking about is connecting with emotions, and we talked, I've talked about this before on the podcast video episode, that there are three very powerful emotions in social media that when you as a brand understand that and, and create creative around um, connecting with those emotions, you have a greater likelihood of causing an interaction or causing a response, which is exactly what the Russians did in 2016, 2015, 16, and 17 through their campaign with the IRA. And those three emotions are number one, awe, inspiration, if you will, when you inspire someone. Number two, anxiety, when you when you connect with someone's uh, frustration or anxiety um, is number two. And then number three is anger. When you touch on some something that someone is angry about, those are the three most powerful emotions that you can uh, essentially reach and have the greatest chance to cause them to react. Um, and on social media, what that means is I'm going to comment or I'm going to like or I'm going to you know go frowny face. You know, I'm going to engage with that content. So as as brands, we need to understand that, number one, we need to really know our audience and Knowing your audience, you know, many times, you know, as marketers, we get so excited. We know our target audience is 18 to 35 males live in the South, you know, and, and you know, whatever. Maybe we know some, some uh, you know, other demographic or, or, you know, we know their range of income or, or highest school level, completed a school level, you know, things of that nature. What we don't really spend a bunch of time on, and this is what the Russians really spent time on, is what kind of content, what kind of topics were they most interested in? And then reverse engineer that to create your content strategy. So again, number one is to know your audience, know their passions, really make sure you understand their emotions around very specific topics. Because when you do that, the, the creative and the message that comes across, it, it's received very personally. And in the 2019, 2020 world where everything we consume is based on personal preference, that is important, right? Because 
your Pandora channel is different from my Pandora channel. Your Netflix uh, recommended movies is different than my ne Netflix recommended movies because of our because of my behavior and my demonstrated um, interaction with specific kinds of media is what that algorithm on Pandora and what that algorithm in Netflix uses, right? And that same kind of AI is what Facebook uses to monitor and record and store data for advertisers to be able to connect with people who would find your content helpful if it is in fact helpful and not disruptive because no one likes disruptive ads. I don't want to see an ad about Nair hair removal. I don't care, right? I don't want to see an ad about fancy chinaware. I don't care. But if you want to show me an ad about, um, you know, Bluetooth technology for my phone, or if you want to show me, um, you know, uh, the, the, the latest information on craft beers, you know, like I'm all in on that. Um, so knowing your audience is number one. Number two, this is really, really good, guys. Check this out. So number two, localized content creative. And what I mean by localized content creative is this. If you're going to tell a story to a specific group of people, or if you're going to create an ad to a specific group of people, you need to contextualize. So for example, in one of the ads that they had, I'm just pulling one out from one of the ones I remember seeing, they had this story about a young man who was 21. He was in Detroit and something happened and he, you know, he didn't have a gun or get out of a gun. Again, the, the point of the story is not so much relevant here as, as the fact that they told the story specifically cited Detroit in the copy and then in the targeting of the ad targeted people who lived in Detroit. Now that seems like, duh, like that's not rocket science, but I can't tell you how many ads go published and never mention specifically in the ad copy, in the headline or in the text, specifically the location. Because again, if we go back to number one, know your audience and make it personal, and then you contextualize it by localization, creating it as, as this is happening to you, and this is happening to you in your town where you live. You've really, dri you've really driven home that message in a very personal and literally where they live, right? In their front yard. Um, and so, you know, that is, uh, is really essential is making sure that you have creative that is localized. So number one, make it personal because you know the audience. Number two, localize it, put it in a framework that they understand in their local environment, economic conditions, uh, and things that influence uh, based on your geography. Number three is interest-based. So this was what's really, really interesting. So, um, you know, many people realize that you can target your online ads, especially Facebook ads and Instagram ads um, with, with behaviors. In other words, the, the end user has demonstrated through their interaction with online content, whether it's, you know, links of news articles that are in their feed or whether it's comments, um, you know, based on, uh, you know, ads that have run before, any demonstrated behavior, whether it's negative or positive, um, you know, the fact that they've interacted with this kind of content 
demonstrate that they have an interest in this particular subject matter. So being able to target um, interests by, you know, again, it, no one goes on Facebook and searches for, you know, new car sales or, you know, uh, lease rates for Toyota Tacoma. That's not what we do. We don't search Facebook. So this advertising is not a search thing. This is, is plating, placing contextual creative in a feed for someone who's already demonstrated an interest in what your product and how you've associated this topic, their interest with your product and your service and you've shown them here's a value for you that for you. So brands who get that um, are going to be more successful. Now, here's the other thing that's really interesting too. So not only is it is it topic based, um, but it's also industry based, right? So you know whether your um, whether your profession. Now sometimes people when they go home, you know they leave their work, uh, you know at work and they come home. But then there's other people who they bring their work home. They're thinking about work. They're interacting with content online that's related to their work because, you know, maybe they're one of the few who've been lucky enough to create a, a career out of something that they love. And so, of course, when they get home, they're going to still look up things that have to do with, you know, fishing or they're going to look up things to do with, you know, cars because they like automotive things or, you know, like me, I look at stuff all about, you know, search engine optimization and, you know, paid advertisement and landing pages and all the different, you know, things that I do uh, for my clients day in and day out through these different campaigns. So, so industry, so it's, it's about interacting with specific content. It's about, it's about industry interacting content that's related to the industry that I'm in. And also here's a big one, guys. Think about this. If, if, if I'm a young person, okay, and I'm, 16 to, or 18 to 24, you know, what popular culture media might I be interested in? Now, if you ask me that when I was young, I would say MTV, right? So I can imagine if I was a young, you know, 19, 18 year old and Facebook was around, I would definitely follow uh, MTV, on Facebook and just, I would be all up in what, whatever they're about. Right. So that now, obviously there were other people that liked MTV as well because it's music and it stretches all kinds of, uh, you know, generations, but you can get the idea versus compare that to another brand that would be very popular with another specific age group, AARP. So obviously an 18 year old, cares nothing about the content that AARP is putting out, right? You're going to be looking at seniors or retirees. So when you're able to follow iconic brands and target iconic brands that specifically connect with a specific group, not only are you drilling down the topic matter, and then you're also then drilling into popular current culture for a specific age group that you want to reach as well. So these are the things that that they did. Here's another one that's really interesting too. So targeting BuzzFeed was one of the tactics that they did. Why would they do that? Why would they target BuzzFeed? 
Well, what's interesting about BuzzFeed is the fact that BuzzFeed is essentially what? It's an online newsfeed fire hose, right? So they were targeting people who demonstrated an interest of, I want to get my news online. Now, you can make the argument of, hey, is that news, is that BuzzFeed stuff fake news, real news, or whatever? That's not the point. The point is people who follow and interact with BuzzFeed type of content are basically demonstrating to you that, hey, I like to get my news source from things that are online. So this interest-based um, sort of targeting and, and how you can really drill that in is fascinating. And brands who really can understand that and leverage that when it comes time to deploying uh, a, an ad set with multiple pieces of creative that's targeted on passions and emotions and interests, and then contextualizing it and, and localizing it and then having it interest-based are very, very successful. Here's the last thing, number four, use exclusions. So they did something really smart. What they would do is they would exclude people who have already liked their page, right? So they didn't wanna waste any money showing these ads to people who were already getting uh, organic feed content because they had liked that page. They were aggressively going after and trying to acquire new potential followers and they were excluding that. Now, another um, you know, facet of that was they could also use that rule almost in a, in a retargeting sense in this way. So again, remember they had 470 different pages that they were using. So what they would do is they would say, okay, in this ad set, we wanna show this piece of creative, exclude the people that like this page um, because I'm gonna send them to somewhere else. Now it's interesting too that they didn't do a lot of, the, they used those 470 pages as the landing page that they were sending people to. So they weren't, they weren't like creating all these like fake websites either. They were creating fake accounts within the platform and then continually getting more data and more data off of people as they stayed on the platform. Guys, they were leveraging Facebook's AI and data mapping for the success of their campaign. Here's the thing. I disagree with why what their objective uh, what what their objective was. Um, I find it disgusting. What I do find interesting is that brands who want to execute effective digital marketing campaigns, we now have this playbook that's just um, it's absolutely just really really interesting. And and the fact that. It was to, uh, in some people's minds, effective. Nevertheless, it, it, it got to the attention of, you know, the United States Congress. So at some level, it was effective, right? I don't care what side of the party you fall on. When you get that level of interest, you were successful at some, some measure, whether it was, you know, uh, whether you think it was good effectiveness or bad effectiveness is not the point. Um, it, it is that, that, that is interesting. So as your brand and you're thinking about, okay, if I'm going to exclude people who've already liked my page, my business page, you're not going to want to spin off another Facebook page. What you want to do, and we've talked about this before is create additional landing pages. So they've already been to your first landing page with your 
sort of brand awareness campaign, you want to use that retargeting and exclusion rule so that you can send them into the next part of what is, you know, the consideration stage, right? Okay, now I understand that your brand is in this space that I'm interested in making a purchase decision. But the next thing in my human decision tree is I'm going from, okay, here's what's out in the marketplace into here's, I'm going to start making my consideration and I'm going to do pros and cons. I'm going to do a list of, you know, this has it, this doesn't, you know, comparison information. So that would be the secondary place that you would send them to so that they could kind of, you could walk through them and demonstrate to them through empathy. Hey, I understand the questions that you have and here are the you do the comparison. I've just made it easy for you. I know you're going to go out and do your own research. I brought that research information for you. Put it side by side on this landing page for you to look at it. Now you've done it. I'm going to make the argument that you should choose my company over company B. Click the button, call us today, or click the button and you know request a free demo, whatever your call to action is. Guys, I hope you are finding this uh, this episode, this series, as exciting as I am. I think it's fascinating. Um, again, this whole thing is what's going to happen in 2020 when we have a new election. We know that Facebook has changed the rules. Businesses are going to have to report and verify and go through a process, just like our company did uh, as an as an agent and as an advertiser on Facebook. We had to go through the, the vetting process. Uh, you know, having our, our identities notarized and sending that to Facebook so that we can legitimately represent our brands on the Facebook platform and Instagram as well. So again, recap today, what we talked about, uh, what we learned is number one, know your audience. Number two is create localized content. Number three, make sure that you target interest based uh, interest, you know, around topics, around industries, around age specific programs. Uh, or interest. And then number four, use exclusions uh, for your secondary content to follow them through sort of that decision funnel or that human uh, decision tree as they're on their way to make their decision uh, when it comes to making a purchase uh, or whatever action is that you want them to have. Guys, thank you so much for joining in today. My name is Michael Wynn. I am the Chief Digital Officer of Digital Ops. I hope you'll join me tomorrow for the third and final episode in this series. I hope you guys have a great day. We'll see you tomorrow.